This is episode number 108. How to help individuals and organizations understand that stress management needs to be a daily routine. With Julia Arndt. Welcome. My name is Ola Glohid, and this is the Overcoming Outs podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement and give you an update regarding our upcoming events for 2020. This year, we'll be hosting four events in Philadelphia, San Diego, Atlanta, Georgia, and Austin, Texas. Within the next two to three weeks, we'll be releasing all the details regarding ways that you can register or volunteer or recommend speakers to be part of this particular experience. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash events. Now, let's get back to our guest. This week's conversation features Julia Arndt. She's someone that I was fortunate enough to connect with through the power of LinkedIn. And during our initial conversation, one of the topics that we discussed was this topic of stress and ways that we manage stress throughout our lives. I wanted to have her on this show to speak to you about her own personal journey of dealing with stressful situations and ways that she was able to work through them. Without further ado, please welcome Julia Arndt. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Odds podcast. Today's guest is someone that I was fortunate enough to connect with a couple weeks ago and was also able to be on her platform and her podcast. And for those who haven't had the chance to check out the interview and the episode, please do so. Her name is Julia Arndt, and her and I connected over this concept of stress and stress management. And I remember the conversation that you and I had on your podcast about different ways that I was able to recognize stress within my own life mm-hmm. and essentially find tools and techniques that have worked for me. So I really wanted to have you on this platform to not only give you a chance to share your own story about possible burnouts and stress that you've experienced within your life and also the techniques that you found that have helped you get through those particular instances, but also give you an opportunity to possibly have a breakthrough of your own. And that is an understanding or a perspective shift that you might not have had a chance to do so before. But before we get into any of that and the logistics. <laughs> I'm like, and, do I need to remember all of these and, questions? <laughs> and, and the big questions of it all. I want to give you a chance and introduce yourself to some of our listeners and ask you this rather loaded question that I don't think we get asked often enough. And that is, who are you? Yes. Thank you so much for the introduction, Oleg. My Absolutely. name is Julia Arndt. And I know that you took this um, question very literal when we talked on my podcast. About, <laughs> am I? So now I'm almost like, I, I can't just say a title or something that I'm doing. <laughs> Who am I? I am German. I think that is a big factor for me, a big identification for me. Um, and a lot of people 
always of course recognize my accent and they ask where I'm from and I'm very proud to be German and I'm very proud that I have been traveling across the world for the last 12 years studying and working in different countries so mm -hmm. that really makes me and that's who I am I love different cultures I love different languages I speak German English and French fluently and um, some people think that I'm French <laughs> because my English accent is a little bit messed up in all different directions and um, yeah and I am also the uh, fiance to uh, to my partner and I think that really identifies me as well um, because I think you know the most powerful things in our lives are the human connections that we have mm -hmm. now you're spot on with that and I'm actually a huge believer that we're always one connection away from achieving whatever it is that we envision as far as goals or um, different obstacles that we have in our lives. And so <laughs> I think the more that we continue to open ourselves up to the possibility of connecting with some other individual and knowing that they might be the gateway for us to find the answer to whatever it is that we're looking for, I think it's a very important perspective to keep within yeah. the different conversations you go into. Absolutely. I'm just smiling and thinking, yeah, the way of how your partner challenges you and is a reflection of your own limiting beliefs and mm -hmm. things I think is really powerful, you know, no matter if it's the partner or a friend or a family member. And I've been um, very fortunate to learn a lot about myself in this relationship. So I, that's, that's awesome. why I value it so much. Yeah. That's awesome. You mentioned your background being German. So I'm, I'm Russian and I noticed that after living in the United States for almost 14 years now that there are certain things that translate as far as the culture and I think you and I actually had shared that example <laughs> when I had sent you the email with the different list of companies and individuals mm -hmm. that I was trying to connect with yeah do you notice yourself um, in situations where some of your old culture is so ingrained within you that it possibly um, not prevents you from immersing into the new one but create some difficulties when it comes to like conversations or, or the way that this particular culture is structured? Mm, great question. Definitely. I think the European culture honestly is more open. Mm -hmm. So I find it really difficult to connect with people on a deeper level mm -hmm. quickly. I've, I feel like in Europe, it's more open for some reason. And it's something that I really value. I really, leap, I really value deep conversations. And I think that's something that I'm trying to integrate into the relationships that I have here in the US and the people that I meet um, by obviously sharing my own vulnerabilities and by sharing my own stories. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it's, it's difficult. That's definitely one thing that immediately came up when you asked this question. And then the other thing in terms of a work context I think I'm just very detail oriented and structured and organized which you know could be the culture could just be my my personality um, the other thing that I'm just thinking about is the more kind of the beliefs that we get ingrained with um, from our parents mm -hmm. when we are growing up and one of the things that my dad always told me when I was growing up was finish your work first before you play. Mm. That's the really strong. I can belief. definitely relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, something that has obviously brought me to the point where I am today. 
but at the same time, I think also has created a very strict kind of viewpoint of, you know, recharging on a regular mm -hmm. basis because I haven't learned how to recharge or I haven't really learned how to take breaks and have fun. I have learned to work really hard in my life. And mm -hmm. um, again, I don't really know if that's cultural. I don't think so. I think it's more, you know, the environment that you grow up in from from like the, the people that shape you, right? Your parents, your friends, your teachers, your siblings. And that's something that's definitely shaped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Do you find that because of that particular mindset of always putting yourself in positions where you are working hard, and like you said, having difficulty to recharge and take a break, does it create a lot of unnecessary stress within your life? And if so, how do you work through that? Yeah, absolutely. I had to learn it the hard way, right? I suffered from burnout one and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. I was working for a tech company in the Bay Area in Silicon Valley for over seven years. And that was really stressful. You know, I probably got got that job because I was always a hard worker, right? I had grades, grades in school. I graduated from the best universities in Europe. Um, I got into an amazing company right after college or right after my master's degree, actually. And it was because of my hard work. So that's what I had learned, right? I had learned that when I'm working hard, I get what I want. Um, mm -hmm. And and I felt like, and, you know, now after a lot of reflection and, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about my my mission and my my business, but I have never learned to relax. I never learned that it's as equally as important to take time for myself and disconnect as it is to work hard and put everything I have into a project or into a role. Mm -hmm. And so I had to learn the hard way. I, <laughs> I suffered from burnout one and a half years ago, had a, had a medical leave for three months and really had to face the fact that I hadn't learned how to disconnect and relax and recharge in my life mm -hmm. to continuously produce high quality work and so today i have obviously learned that i'm i'm trying to practice what i'm preaching now to my mm -hmm. clients and i yeah i i am more aware i think awareness plays a huge role because if we're not aware we can't make any diff can't make any changes in our life and i am taking probably two to three really mindful breaks um one in the morning doing my morning routine one in the after like one at lunch eating having my food and then i'm um, also doing some type of exercise or going outside per day and doing something completely different than building my own business which is obviously a big task in itself and a very stressful one. oh yeah so um keeping myself in check on a regular basis and telling myself <laughs> if i don't take a break and if i don't recharge you know I i'm just gonna end up exactly where i was 18 months ago and being a good role model to all of my clients and all of my followers is extremely important for me. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that comes to mind as you're sharing this is the two methods, the one in particular, the first one that you mentioned, this concept of self-awareness. For me, for the longest time, I used to think that the way to develop self-awareness is that there's almost like a structure you know, and the mm -hmm. certain steps that you have to take. But <laughs> the challenge that becomes within that is that even though there might be a discipline or a structure that you have to develop with self-awareness, 
there's also a point that you have to understand that we, I believe we're all imperfect human beings. Mm -hmm. And so whatever you would envision or in, in developing that self-awareness, it's most likely going to be different in real life. So my question to you is how do you sharpen that self-awareness and how do you also understand that the level that you may have to acquire may not be the level that you actually experience mm -hmm. just simply due to the fact that the vision that you have in your mind is not always the vision that ends up becoming the, the real thing. Yeah. I think it's a lot of trial and error, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think there's no right or wrong or here's a concept that works for everyone in the world. I think awareness really comes with a lot of practice and with mm -hmm. a lot of self-love as well <laughs> because I think you need to be be really gentle with yourself especially at the beginning when you're starting to to create awareness right because we're so unaware and unconscious people nowadays and um, when we're starting to grasp that concept of awareness for the first time th that's that's big in itself Mm -hmm. And then I think there's actually, and it's funny that we're talking about this right now because I just talked about it this morning. I have an eight-week online program and the third module in the eight-week online program is challenge your limiting beliefs. And it's all about um, creating awareness and how you can bridge that gap. Because I think at the beginning, there's a time gap. So you start to create awareness around something, for example, a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. that creates stress and thoughts that are start to come up in your mind. And at the beginning, you will not most probably have that awareness right in the moment where you need it. Mm -hmm. You will have that awareness maybe afterwards, hopefully, when you're starting to create awareness, right? Something happens, I'm reactive, or I'm getting in a fight, or I'm saying something that I regret afterwards. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, okay, this happened, or this was what triggered me. And so with that and with a lot of practice and const consistently practicing, you know, reflecting on your, upon yourself, upon your thoughts and upon your actions, you will close that gap. And what I mean by that is that the more you practice it, the more the moment when you realize what's going on is getting closer to the actual moment. Mm -hmm. And then you can start really changing your habits and behaviors and that's something that takes time it's i would say it, you know there's a few things that i'm working on of course and you know it's a lifelong process there's always new things that you identify that are triggering you and i'd say for the last 12 to 18 months i've obviously worked a lot on my own stress management i've worked on a couple of limiting beliefs with um myself and and now i'm starting to be at the point where i'm like oh okay Like right now, this is what I'm thinking. Okay, this is a limiting belief. You know, now I can stop myself in the moment before lashing out or before doing something that mm -hmm. I'm regretting afterwards. And yeah, that, that's what, what works for me. And I, I believe trial and error is really important. And understanding that failure in this regard and in this concept is not an option. You'll, you'll fail over and over and over again. And from mm -hmm. the failures, you will learn to close that gap closer and closer together because you have a motive like hopefully the mo motivation is big enough to make that shift hmm. there are a couple things that come to mind as you're sharing that first question that i have 
is I'm curious to know what were your limiting beliefs? Um, okay, let me think about a specific one. Um, I think one of the limiting beliefs that I have is that I'm really good at starting something <laughs> and really bad at finishing it or completing it because I'm a, I get very easily excited about things like I, you know, this is my third business that I've been building over the last mm -hmm. three years and I get really excited and I start doing and I'm, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of things that I can do. And then when it gets kind of more into the grinding phase, almost like to stay persistent, that is more difficult for me. And I don't know, you know, I'm still kind of figuring out where it comes from because sometimes it's just something that somebody said um, to you in the past, you know, maybe they made a comment that was, that really triggered you or that you just started believing yourself, right? Sometimes we do that right. super unconsciously. And um, that is something that I'm, working through now as my in my second year as an entrepreneur um to really stick through it and tell myself you know sometimes i'm thinking oh my god this is getting really hard can i really continue can i you know i feel like there's not really any there's not really a completion point when you're building a business um but i i'm having these thoughts like they come up and i'm like oh my god can i can i make this really work um can i can i move past this like initial stage of excitement and uh -huh. stay, stay on it and stay persistent and stay consistent and, um, and not give up. Yeah. One of the reasons why I asked that question is because I know for me, when I had faced similar situations, I think one of the reasons why I faced them to begin with is because for the longest time, that was my operating system. Mm -hmm. I love creating, I love designing things, but then I remember moments where it just like you described, it became the grind or the actual work. Mm -hmm. And that is doing things to make it happen that I didn't really understand how to do that. And I think partially the reason why that happens in my opinion is because if you're born knowing one thing and if you continue to do that one thing throughout the years, well, how do you expect yourself to do it something different? than what you know. Mm. So going through that process for me, it was just understanding that the, the, the work in between from start to finish is something that I was not used to because I, my, my responsibility prior to that was always to just start, create, build mm. a foundation. And then from there, you pass that along to another team, another individual. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of that has to do with your role, right? And responsibilities that you had prior and so really, I think the name of the game becomes how do you rewire the operating system that you have and help yourself understand that, yes, you may be a great starter and you may excel at building a foundation, but also understand that there are other things along that journey that you haven't necessarily tried yet. And mm -hmm. it's just going to be like the skills that you had to develop in starting that particular venture or finding the motivation that you're going to have to develop the same exact way for that second phase of that process. Yeah. I love that perspective. And I'm also thinking that you just keep seeing it as an excitement and as an, as an excited, exciting period, you know, mm -hmm. not just the first stage because it's the first stage, but 
keep on learning right they talk about like enjoy the process and lifelong learning and life as a journey and all these different things and it's true i i think it's just a question of mindset and yeah. how you look at what you're doing mm -hmm. you briefly mentioned motivation and i'm curious to know first how do you define motivation and the second part is how do you sustain that throughout the whole journey i mean how do you sustain motivation through days when you experience severe adversity is there such thing as motivation that comes to mind and if so how do you ignite that and then how do you sustain it throughout life i think the ignition is really doing something that you're really passionate about mm -hmm. that's where i get my motivation from i'm just thinking if i speak for example in front of people if i'm giving a workshop if I'm doing my program and I'm interacting with people and I see how much they need what I'm teaching, mm -hmm. that's really, really motivating for me because it sometimes, you know, I'm working from home now <laughs> and I'm in, in my office by myself and you're working on all these things. And when you're working for days and weeks and months at a time, sometimes your motivation will dip. Right. And we'll right. talk about that in a second. Um, and so, for me, having that contact with people and getting feedback continuously inspires me to keep moving. That's a really, really big motivational factor for me. And then obviously my mission in itself mm -hmm. of really helping people understand that in order to remain high achievers and peak performers, they need to learn to uh, develop peak performance tools in order to sustain their energy levels and reduce stress. And I'm so, so passionate about this subject. I t talk to people almost on a daily basis that send me emails, feedback on my podcast, um, you know, just people that I meet that, that work in the tech world and that tell me, oh yeah, you suffered burnout. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, and I'm like, every time it blows me away. Um, so that's really what motivates me, a big mission and, you know, be my passion project, believing that a lot of people need help. And then if I have a dip in motivation, I would say, I think what is really has been really important for me, especially in this first year is to be reflective of what I'm doing and where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I have a little journal and every month I'm doing a reflection exercise on what happened this month. Like I'm stopping, right? I'm thinking about what have I learned this month? Who did I connect with? What am I grateful for? What is moving me towards my mission and goal? Or what did I work on this month that helps me move in the right direction? What is maybe something that I'm working on or that I have worked on and spent time on that is not really moving me in that direction? Like being really self-reflective. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's been such a powerful exercise that re-inspires and motivates me every time because we don't do that enough. We're always in a hamster wheel of what else? What else can I do? What needs to come yeah. next? We, we Very so, fast-paced. Yeah. We stop so rarely and think about, wow, like this month I met this incredible person or I made this connection or I built this for my website or program or training, you know, whatever it is. And, and that ref those reflections have, have really helped me to keep myself in check and be like, hey, like there's like every month there's so much that is part of that larger goal that is so important and that has that keeps inspiring me um, to to continue. Mm -hmm. 
how do you really know if you're living in the present without having that constant thought of the future or the past? I think it's really difficult and I'm still still practicing that a lot too. I think it's about closing that time gap. And at the moment, I sometimes am in the present moment because, you know, there's like just like that switch almost in your head where you're like, this is amazing. Um, I'm, I'm just so grateful right now. Like I can smell the air and, you know, like there are all these like really short moments in my mm -hmm. life and on my day to day that where I'm really, really practicing that. And then oftentimes I also have moments where I'm like, you know, I meet, especially when I'm meeting friends, I'm a very, I'm a hypersensitive person. Um, and so I, it, it gets me quickly lost into my thoughts and like all these different external um, distractions. And then afterwards I'm like, oh, wow, I was not at all aware in the last like two or three hours. So it, it's, you know, there are still moments where it also happens for me afterwards uh -huh. where I can't check in, in the moment and be like, Hey, I want to be more present. I'm choosing to have a conversation or do something specifically. Um, sometimes it happens afterwards. So mm. I think it's, it's a lifelong practice really. Um, and I think there are moments where you're better at it and moments where you are not as good at it. But I think the most important thing is that you always keep on trying, mm. that you never give up to, mm -hmm. to find these moments because they're so powerful. Mm -hmm. Final thought for today's episode. And I think this is a question that actually segues perfectly from what we just spoke about as far as staying in the present. And that is who or what are you grateful for today? I'm answering this question every morning in my morning routine. Um, and I'm just trying to think about what I wrote down this morning because I'm trying to find something different every day. Uh -huh. um, I've, you know, being an entrepreneur and building my business over the last year, I sometimes neglect my friendships because we're so busy and we're so stressed out and um, we're trying to, you know, just hustle all day, all day long. And so I've really made it my intention this year to spend more time with um, friends and to to foster my connection so I invited um, three girlfriends over to my place last yesterday afternoon and we did a four-hour vision boarding session for 2020 mm. and we talked about intentions and goals and um, about keeping each other accountable to you know do really some progress this year together and that mm -hmm. was really nice and I'm really grateful for that that's awesome Julia, what are some of the things that you have coming up and people can be a part of? Yeah. And how do people find you? So there's a lot of exciting things that are coming in 2020. I'm currently writing on my first book. And so I'm really hoping that, that is that a process, out. by the way. <laughs> it's a big process. I'm hoping that it comes out at the end of the year. I just um, completed my book proposal, sent it to a couple of book agents. I'm trying to find a publisher at the moment on really helping high achievers stay that way through peak performance tools. And I created a method that's called peak performance method. So I'm working on a couple of really exciting projects this year. For example, I'm doing a big research study with a um, university in Florida on how 
powerful it is for employees to do my program mm -hmm. um, and and how it helps them to sustain their performance instead of doing um, this program when they are already burned out and really on the really high stress levels. Um, so I'm really excited about that, about the research and about building that program because I do have an eight-week program at the moment, um, but that was my initial program and it's not yet based specifically on the peak performance method. So I'm kind of uh -huh. I'm growing that and I'm making it better. And then what else is coming? Well, there's a lot of things that I'm doing all the time. So if people want to follow me, um, it's peakperformancemethod.com where they can find my contact. They can find more about workshops and trainings um, that I give or that if they want to book them with me for their companies as well, I'm doing that too. And then I have a podcast. You mentioned it already. It's called mm. Stressed, Develop Your Stress Resilience. By Julia Arndt. It's easier to find almost by my name because there are a few stressed podcasts out there. So just search for Julia Arndt. And I also have a YouTube channel um, under the same name, Julia Arndt. And um, yeah, I'm posting videos every week in order to give people tools of how they can manage stress on a day-to-day -day basis and develop peak performance tools to sustain their performance and energy levels. And yeah. So there, there's a lot of different things and lots of exciting stuff. I mean, you know, for me, sky is the limit. I always have a lot of ideas and the question always just is what will I focus on this year? And this year it's mm -hmm. definitely book um, research and program next, like the better program, the next program in order to really, really help people understand what they need to do in order to, yeah, just have a happy life and at the same time be successful in their career. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be a guest on your particular podcast a couple of weeks ago. My pleasure. And um, I look forward to whatever our connection and friendship um, evolves into and, and helps each other grow as far as our missions and, and everything. So I appreciate you for really creating this space and sharing your wisdom and your experience with the rest of us. Thank you so much, Oleg. It was a pleasure to be here and I'm super excited to yeah, support each other in this process and I'm excited what the next year will bring. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Also, if you want to receive any of the latest updates on our weekly conversations, Courageous Conversations, these are calls that we host weekly that center around a particular topic that relates to life that you are able to join for free. If you want to learn more about those particular calls and ways that you can be involved within them, please reach out to us. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next week.